to the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast. I think we have, or I think I have, over-exercised the discussions of the Northman, the discussions of Eric Northman. <laughs> like I said, some, some people that I know hated the movie. I love them dearly. I understand. It, it's not a movie for everybody. I loved the movie. It's kind of like There Will Be Blood. I've talked about this before. How years ago, I saw There Will Be Blood twice in the theater. And, and I was like a kid in a candy store. The first time I saw it, I saw it with my cousin. And we're both into film. And we both thought it was hilarious. Because there, there are moments in There Will Be Blood where Daniel Day-Lewis just takes it there. He takes it there and he doesn't give a shit. And... He fit, and he has the last say in the film. He basically does. And the hunger and the greed and, and the oil. I mean, these are this is about blood and oil. All right. And, and how he would walk over his own son. And he does at one point to get to where he needs to go. And so I remember <laughs> maybe a month later someone who remained nameless wanted to see There Will Be Blood and I kind of figured out I thought oh they see blood in the title they either think it's about boxing or they think it's about maybe war okay so we go to see There Will Be Blood they fell asleep and I just kind of looked and I didn't bother to wake them because I thought oh Obviously, you thought it was something else. You didn't like it. That's fine with me. And then they woke up toward the end of the film. And I'm just sitting there grinning, thinking, oh, yeah, I just got to see it a second time, you suckers. So that that, that really is the whole crux of the thing. So there are certain films that not everyone gets. And I understand that. There Will Be Blood, that's one of them for me. I love There Will Be Blood. But the nerd in me is like, oh, because it's beautifully photographed. And I know you're like, what do you mean? Cinematography. The same could be said about the Northman. I'm almost done talking about the Northman. I loved it. It was violent, though. There's some beheadings. There's a lot of shit going down. Great cast, though. I mean, you've got Ethan Hawke, Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård. Hello. A Swede, he's a Swede playing a Viking. So, and he knows a thing or two about Vikings. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in the film. Bjork, I love Bjork. Bjork doesn't get to act a lot. When we think of Bjork, she's the singer. Bjork is very, Bjork to me is very um, mysterious. And I like that. I like that we don't know a lot about her. I feel that with certain artists that overshare like Bob Dylan Bob Dylan learned early on that the press wanted to just mess with him so he would just give them whatever they wanted so half the time they thought he was a lunatic they thought he was drunk and I love that because Bob Dylan has a form of amenity that nobody can touch and, pe- and people like to go after him and, and oh he sounds like this or they, they're always trying to figure him out but I love that he 
only he knows the difference between Robert Zimmerman and Bob Dylan. Same could be said about Bjork. Bjork is this Icelandic singer, very mysterious. So when she does a film, it's a big deal. And the fact that Robert Eggers got her to be in this film. Like I've said before, when I first heard that Robert Eggers was going to do The Northman, I thought, oh, great. He's going to do a film about Vikings. Because I had seen um, The Lighthouse. I went by myself because some people that I know thought it was going to be a horror film or they thought it was going to be too psychological for them. I went and saw The Lighthouse and I loved it. And, it, and there's only two actors in The Lighthouse. Besides the seagulls, you've got Wil- Wilhelm Defoe and you've got uh, Robert Pattinson. And then you have a woman playing the mermaid. So there's there's two major actors and then there's a supporting. And then, you know, you've got The Witch, which I've never really watched all the way through. And Anna Taylor-Joy, who, I mean, come on. Come on. So I love that Robert Eggers got to work with her again in The Northman. And so, but like I said, I, I know some people who loved it and some people who hated it. I think, you know, and we've, we talked about this last night on the podcast. How, yeah, it doesn't hurt that you're going to put Alexander Skarsgård in there. Come on. He's tall. He's built. He's a, he really looks like a Viking. He played a Viking in True Blood. He played a vampire Viking, okay? So it doesn't hurt. And Anna Taylor-Joy, I mean, you've got a good-looking cast right there. So there are some that went and saw it primarily for that. And then there are those of us who went and saw it and went, ooh, they're going to do a film about Vikings. Because many times when they do a film about Vikings, it's misconstrued. The The same could be said about witchcraft. There have been many, many films on witchcraft, and they misconstrue it, and they try to turn it into something stupid and uh, problematic. Um, In in that aspect, uh, there's the film Even the Craft, where it got a lot of shit, and there's a character in there where she says, true magic is nor black nor white. It's it's loving and, and... crazy because the world is like that in terms of the polar opposites and the same the same could be said about films certain films you love and certain films you hate there's magic there's mis- there's mystery there's intrigue I felt that with the Northman uh, Robert Eggers really just slapped you around in a good way because he took everything from all the previous films he had done and threw them at you. You've got magic. You've got intrigue. You've got Vikings. You've got revenge. Anytime you're doing a film about vent revenge, come on. Remember, take the guns. Leave the cannolis. Or no, leave the gun. Take the cannoli. You want to talk about revenge right there? All right. Or how in The Godfather Two. What does Vito Corleone go? He he finally gets his revenge on that Don that killed his whole family. And he and he basically guts him. Yeah. So the Northman, it plays upon this this 
this rage just at this volcanic and it doesn't hurt that there's a volcano in the north man this volcanic rage that really ignites the film and but yeah I I absolutely loved it and like I said I can't stop talking about it it kind of reminded me when I saw The Seventh Seal directed by Igmar Bergman The Seventh Seal has a look and a feel to it that is unlike any film it, it doesn't if, if you were to just watch that film of Igmar Bergman's you would totally understand Igmar Bergman as a man and as a filmmaker the same could be said if you only watched Fanny and Alexander or if you only watched um, uh, Autumn Sonata there are vignettes and there are moments in Igmar Bergman's films and so and, and also they're very raw they're very very raw and Robert Eggers has that and I, I am such such a fan and I'm so intrigued by Robert Eggers and the, his ability to convey so much in a film and so I thought hey you know what let's um, let's talk about Eggers the filmmaker because he really is fascinating I've always found him fascinating oh see I knew it I knew it see he talks about how the lighthouse and the witch compare to the Northman. so this is this is an important interview that we need to listen to and um, ignite such a pleasure to talk to you um there's so much about this film that i i really could spend hours talking about but the one part in particular that i have to talk about is the catch and the rethrow of the spear i know it's literally two seconds but i think it might actually be the coolest thing i've seen in a film in a couple of years i just i wanted so much just to go like really loudly celebrate that tiny moment um, but for yourself, like, how did that come about? Because I know it's it's small, but it is massively attention grabbing. I should have looked it up um, before I went on the press tour, but it's from a saga. You know, I read it in in in, in a saga, and I thought, well, that is cool as hell, and I want to see that in a movie. <laughs> you know, and that's uh, that's it. That's how it that's came it. about. That's it. Okay. You read it, and I and I put it in. That goes for virtually the whole movie (laughs) (laughs) like it's probably unfair to to make this connection after three movies but between this and the witch and the lighthouse there is something about setting these stories in uh, isolated barren lands where people are kind of left off to themselves and there's a sense of mysticism about them all but 
what is it about that particular setting that you feel you might be drawn towards? Uh, yeah, I, I guess my relationship with nature is like a, a 19th century romantic painter. Like, and I'm in awe of it. And it's uh, there's it, it has the sublime, and it is also more powerful than than man and and full of uh well you know it can kill you (laughs) (laughs) well calling from ireland um there's some spectacularly beautiful shots in this like i've been all over ireland and there's parts where even i was like oh my god that is stunning uh, but I do feel I should almost apologize because you had to film this during a time when maybe you didn't get to experience Ireland for its, at its most fun, let's say, because there was obviously everything else going on in the world at the time. But how was your experience filming uh, the Northmen in Ireland? I mean, it was great, but as you know, but it was, it's, it also sucked too, because, um, you know, I got to enjoy Belfast a bit um, and then, uh, but once even even after the lockdown and the film's hiatus once we got back to it uh everyone had this massive responsibility to not let the film be shut down again so we so everyone was just kind of staying in their apartments and hotel rooms so so we yeah we couldn't really explore but i was very lucky to see a whole lot of northern ireland uh scouting the film and and basically we were meant to shoot uh, I mean, the the story t- the story <coughs> takes place in northern Scotland, ancient Ukraine, and Iceland, and Northern Ireland was able to do like most of that. But we knew we need there are were some things we had to shoot in Iceland, and we were planning on shooting a lot more stuff in Iceland than we actually did uh, because of of COVID related issues, and. Uh, and so that we ended up having to shoot some stuff in regular Ireland as well <laughs> um, uh, to, to, to find like more Icelandic looking landscapes. In terms of say, say The Witch, I believe this is just like basic internet reporting was I think a 4 million budget and The Lighthouse I think was 11 and this is reportedly around 90. Just from your perspective, what was the biggest difference in this production for you uh, compared to the, the smaller movies that you previously uh, given us? Yeah, I mean, uh, massive pressure, um, you know, and 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 responsibility. Um, I have to I had to make an entertaining movie, you know. Um, I knew when I gave my script to the studio that there was no way I was going to have final cut on this because of the size of it. And that, that was the hardest part, just because, like, uh, you know, I, 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 I was positive that this was going to be a, a Robert Eggers film. And, and, and I knew that, like, there in, through the process, it was going to be hard to take the notes and interpret them in a way that was true to me and my collaborators and uh you know but but we got there and we delivered the movie that we all wanted to make yeah absolutely obviously i'm just one man but i will say you absolutely did deliver i thought this was fantastic so congratulations thank you so much thank you so much for your time today thank you and that's robert egger sitting down with joe point ie an irish um interviewer and so because you know the man himself who constructed this this world and how i felt that the witch the lighthouse 
and the Northman are all connected, that they're almost like a trilogy, trilogy of sorts, with these different um, uh, moments kicked in. Here is Skarsgård and Eggers talking about Northman. Right here, the commander of this group of Vikings is a woman. You might have seen History Channel's Vikings, which has hordes and hordes of female warriors, which is rewriting history. It is not true. There's one grave of a female Viking commander. So we based this character on, on her. But like to think about what this woman must have been like to have the like ego strength and the command to like be a female commander in this insanely patriarchal society where it's like illegal to like wear the clothes of the opposite gender. She must have been a pretty spectacular person. These flowers, I think are like milkweed. This, this kind of composition is based on an Ivan Shishkin painting, a 19th century Russian painter. Uh, not a lot of allusions to classical art in, in this movie, but here is one, because we were trying to find a way to make this sort of not particularly stunning landscape be a little special, and, and those flowers did something for it. But you'll see that this this scene is all uh, is shot in one long take, and you'll see how it develops into something potentially more interesting. These long ships are very much the size of the kind of long ships that would have been uh, in uh, the, these Eastern European rivers, a little smaller than warships for, for the sea. And here are our berserker warriors, uh, for the most part, in the berserker ship. This is a Robert Eggers movie, so we're not being told everything. <laughs> like, literally everything here on the ship is as historically accurate as it could possibly be. The type of wood, the way it was built, the nails, everything is, is authentic. It's quite a shallow boat, so it, it's surprisingly fast and easy to row. Doing it in sync, not easy. <laughs> And also to, as you see in the beginning of the shot, it's quite an elaborate move. It's on a crane and it comes out and it swoops around and it finds us. And, and also the relationship between the two longships to time that and get it right while trying to sink the rowing was monumentally. And so that I wanted to play was of uh, Skarsgård and Eggers and, you know, Alexander Skarsgård is very tall compared to Robert Eggers. Um, describing how they constructed the Northman. And so this is my final uh, talk about the film. I've told people to go watch it. Hey, uh, quite a few liked it, quite a few hated it. So it, that that's usually when you're in good company is when people are split down the middle of what they really think of the film. Um... I've always said that critics make or break a film and that the viewer, the viewer really is the one who, whatever it means to you. And, and there are films that are really bad. I've said this before on the show that one time I had a really bad day and I'll never forget. I watched the movie Tammy, which is a comedy, and I thought it was hilarious. 
but then there are people who hated the movie so see that's the example of many examples of where everyone hates it and then at least one or one or five people find some commonality in it and are able to escape and that's the Northman and that's the brilliance of Robert Eggers who's originally from New Hampshire and uh the amazing cast of the Northman. I mean, it was visually stunning. Story-wise, it was stunning. It was intense. You could feel the water. You could feel the anger. You could feel the volcano. Everything intertwined, and you could feel the madness as he has succumbed to his vengeance. He wants a he wants a new life, yes, and he wants to live a better life, but he will not rest until he has his vengeance as always unpleasant dreams to silence me tonight so you would never know he doesn't want to protect you he only wants to protect himself get out of my house please don't ever talk to me don't ever call me don't ever talk to me ever you manipulated me into falling in love with you it is who you are Suki. not what you are that i love love always 
life until I meet the true death. Mom! You don't even get to use that word! I resent my invitation! No. understand welcome to the dr zeus film podcast where many of you who saw the northman thought oh it's a prequel to eric northman hello from true blood not exactly yes eric northman the sheriff of louisiana was a viking but he was also a vampire and yes there's a little bit of biting going on and blood and the Northman. But I assure you that Eric is not, well, the, <laughs> the Northman film is not about Eric Northman. Now, yes, many of us, including myself and my cousins, love True Blood. They love Eric Northman because he is their Sancho. And I understand that. Alexander Skarsgård, you know, Alexander Skarsgård had been around a long time, but it was Generation Kill and True Blood, and yes, even the Lady Gaga video for Paparazzi, that really put him on the map. At that moment, everybody knew who Alexander Skarsgård was. And he comes from a long acting family. His father is Stellan Skarsgård. His mother is my Skarsgård. He has brothers Gustav, Bill Skarsgård, who is the it, Pennywise, Walter Skarsgård. But it was True Blood that made him a household name. Now, in his home of uh, Sweden... Oh, I didn't know this. He was in the National Service at 19. Woo! He was in the Swedish Armed Forces. Oh, my. No wonder all of you love him so much. His debut, it was in the 1984 film Eku and His World. He's been around a long time. But it was True Blood from 2008 to 2014. Very, very famous. He was an Eric Northman. Let's go into this. How old is Mr. Northman? Well, he's a Viking. So that means he's very old. Okay. Now the book, it's a different thing. Eric is frequently referred to as a Viking. In episode four of season three, True Blood, Eric says he played he played by the North Sea as a child. In episode ten of season three, 
Pam alludes to Eric being Swedish when she says, I have no interest in inheriting your farm on Oland. That place is Wendy's shithole. Eric also speaks Swedish with Pam and Godric in some episodes. We have seen flashbacks of the time before Pam's tourney, which was portrayed differently in the True Blood than in the books. In the television series, Pam slits her own wrist after Eric denies her request to be turned, forcing him to do it to save her life. In the books, it is said that Eric offered her immortality. So, how old is Eric Northman? Well, let's look into this. Isn't he 1,000 years old? Or 2,000 years old? Okay, here we go. Oh, it doesn't say. Well, in the, you know, in the books, it's different. And yes, Eric has been with men, with women, with vampires. Mm-hmm. Or as Eric, or as Sarah McLaughlin said so beautifully in the song "Building a Mystery," uh, and the vampires roam, or they roar, whatever. And so, this kind of brought me back to True Blood. Remember when he became a vampire? How epic that shit is! Oh my god, it's epic what happens to him and the things that he sees he's a tortured soul he's a vampire um and his relationship with Godric his maker which is interesting and so I thought I would just dive into that since the Northman is on everyone's minds So I'm going to translate, because it's in Swedish. Are you deaf? I am. But you're just a little boy. I am not. My men, dead. You swine. I watched you on the battlefield last night. I never saw anyone fight like you. I would fight you now if I could. I know. It's getting homoerotic here. It's beautiful. What are you waiting for? Kill me. Would you, could you be a companion of death? Could you walk with me through the world? Through the dark? I'll teach you all I know. I'll be your father, your brother, your child.
What's in it for me? What you love most, life. Life. Oh yeah, it's getting dramatic now. Oh, now he got bit, watch. So now in the books, from what I've been told, it's different. It, it makes you want to read the books because, yes, the same with movies, the same with television. They change the narrative. And I thought it was essential since the Northman is out there. And I, I encourage people to go watch it. Not everyone's going to like it. I liked it because I'm weird. I'm eccentric. And that's why I loved it. Didn't hurt that it's got a good-looking cast. You've got... Eric's, or you've got Alexander Skarsgård. I almost called him Eric. Huh. And you've got Anna Taylor-Joy. I mean, come on. That's a great cast right there. Those two alone. Nicole Kidman is beautifully photographed. See, that's where the nerd in me comes out. It's like, it's like with There Will Be Blood, how I thought that was so beautifully photographed. And he's such a miser and such an asshole, but he did it so well. And that's why I wanted to talk about True Blood. And I wanted to talk... That's such an iconic show. And what's interesting is, is that before that, Alan Ball was known for creating American Beauty. And he was known for Six Feet Under. But with True Blood, he took it really, really far. He took it far. And... It was, first of all, Alexander Skarsgård, good-looking, yes, but a really good actor. You need to, I think with people, people hit that wall with Paul Newman, that he was good-looking, that he couldn't act, oh, he's just good-looking. But there's substance there, there's depth. And the same with Alexander Skarsgård. Yes, he played, um... Uh, what was it? The the Jungle Man? I forget the movie. I don't know. Hercules or something. No, he didn't play Hercules. And it wasn't very good. But on True Blood, he was phenomenal. I can't accept this. It's insanity. Our existence is insanity.
去吗？What's interesting is, is these vampires cry blood. So to see them crying, and I mean, that's the thing with Eric Northman. He doesn't show a lot of emotion. Very cold, very calculating. But then, when it's someone that made him into a vampire, someone that he has an eternal connection with, and that is... That is, a. Uh, power right there so but I wanted to dive into so Eric Northman is a fictional character in the Southern Vampire Mysteries a series of 13 books written by New York Times bestseller author Charlene Harris he is a vampire slightly over 1,000 years old and it's first introduced in the first novel dead until dark and appears in all subsequent novels since the book series is told from the first-person perspective of Suki Stackhouse, what readers perceive of his character is influenced by what Suki comprehends. HBO's television series True Blood is based on these book of the book series, and the character of Eric Northman is portrayed somewhat differently. A list of True Blood characters uh, has detailed description of Eric's character from the TV show. In the early books, little was revealed about his past. In the ninth book, Dead and Gone, Eric revealed details about his human life as a Viking. He was deemed a man at the age of 12. At 16, he married Adu, his brother's widow, Adi. The couple had six children, but only three were living at the time of his turning. Two boys and a girl. How did, let's see how we say the wife's name. Odd. Odd and their sixth child died of a fever shortly after the birth when Eric was in his early 20s. It is revealed in the television series that the vampire king of the Mississippi murdered his entire family before stealing his father's Viking crown. In the books, he was ambushed one night by a Roman vampire named... Wait, let's... Yeah, it's always good to have the pronunciation right here. Appius Livius Acilla. And subsequently turned... In the television series, he is made a vampire by Godric. In the television show, it is also known, shown that Eric was a Viking prince. In the novels, Eric says that his father was a chief. The name of Eric, or Eric, comes from the Old Norse and means one ruler or eternal ruler. The name Norsemen was the name given to people who could speak the Old Norse language. Spoken in the Scandinavian countries, namely Sweden, Norway, and Denmark, the name Norsemen means man from the north, hence Eric's last name being Northman. Yep. In the first novel, Dead Until Dark, Suki Stackhouse thinks Eric Northman, or Eric Northman is a hunk. Suki describes him as handsome, in fact, radiant, blonde, blue-eyed, tall, and broad-shouldered. He was wearing boots, jeans, and a vest. Period. 
kind of like the guys on the cover of the romance novels. He's approximately six foot four when Suki sees him naked for the first time and dead to the world. She thinks if there were an international butt competition, Eric would win, hands down or cheeks up. In the TV series True Blood, he is tall with long blonde hair. By the end of the first season, a little bit into the second, Pam, his progeny cuts his hair shorter than expected because he gets blood in it. Eric always shown in dark blue jeans with a black singlet and a black leather jacket. When his hair is cut shorter, he parts it and combs it diagonally backwards. His personality in the series is mostly the same. Eric Northman is ruthless and does not care much for human life. His relationship with his progeny, Pam, is where you see his softer side of him come through. When they face difficult challenges and situations, Eric put her needs above his own. By the middle of season two, Eric begins to pursue Suki Stackhouse because of his interest in her abilities. And by the end of the middle second season two, Eric Northman has cunningly tricked her into drinking his blood. Near the beginning of the third season, it is implied that he is beginning to develop feelings for her, even helping her when it's disadvantageous for him to do so. Disin, uh, disin, uh, I can't say it. Eric is portrayed in the books as being somewhat arrogant, but having a true joie de vie. He is confident almost to a fault, once reprimanding a thug in the third book, Club Dead, for threatening Suki and referring to her as his future lover, although no potentially romantic relationship between Eric and Suki yet existed. He can be manipulated to suit his needs. He is not above using deceit, though it seems to be the last resort when it comes to Suki. However, he is typically upfront regarding any action he takes, and if he is manipulated, he is very frank and open regarding his wishes. Due to his frank nature, Suki comments to him to herself how she can always know where she stands with Eric. Indeed, Suki frequently remarks how conversations with Eric are seldom single-layered and how he never says something without reason. He is not sentimental in the least, but shows a great deal of concern over Suki and her happiness and well-being, perhaps making the relationship between Eric and Suki all more impressive. Suki believes that although Eric has created a modest but thriving business empire and carved out a position of authority in the delicate vampire hierarchy, at heart he remains a born Viking warrior, ready to leap into battle in the instant. And so that is the difference between the novel and the television series of True Blood. And because the film The Northman is so heavy on our minds, well my mind in particular, because yes, those who know of, of Skarsgård playing Eric Northman know of True Blood. And so the name The Northman, they're like, oh my god, yeah. I know, I know many people thought that. And that's a testament to filmmaker Robert Eggers. But if you're if you're interested in going back, I mean True Blood is available on HBO Max. I forget where else it it's available to to just stream and to watch and at times yes it it veers into jumping the shark like like many tv television series too many characters out and about uh you can watch true blood on hulu youtube tv google play movies apple tv voodoo voodoo uh, amazon prime and hbo max so dive in there and see for yourself do you think 
It's a prequel. Do you think the Northman is a prequel to Eric Northman on True Blood? Make that decision for yourself. I don't think so, but that's just me. I know others are like, oh my god. Because you know how people are. Is the author of True Blood still alive? Yes, she is. Hmm. I'd like to ask her what she thinks of the Northman. Isn't that fascinating right there? I'd like to ask her. So, what do you think of Skarsgård playing a Viking <laughs> again with the same last name? Although that's not his last name in the film. It's just called the Northman because he's from the North. All right. But it's Norse. I know. I know. Oh, my goodness. True Blood was an interesting show. And it had a lot of great characters. And some would say toward the end, it had too many characters. My favorite is the um, dynamic between Eric and the Queen of Louisiana. Sophie Ann, played by Evan Rachel Wood.
to make Yahtzee. Eric Northman of True Blood. I mean, yeah. I wanted to end it though with my favorite. I know. Some of you were like, oh no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you know, sometimes people have to get their. Oh God. Why did they add music to it? Um, sometimes people have to get their revenge. I understand that. Perfect. This is how we'll end tonight. Steamy. how we end it. Eric was the top. Um, <laughs> it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Vampires, Vikings, the Northman. Duh. Unpleasant dreams. Yes, we're back. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. I want to learn to speak like a Viking. Now I have I have like a Viking wolf. All, um, I have one of those things. It's like a bracelet. My nephew says it's a bracelet. Oh no, it's a Viking. But you're not a Viking. Well, I like the wolf stuff. I like the wolf. I did wear it to the movie. I did. If some of you are wondering, or at the Doctor Zeus film podcast, yeah. It turned it turned everything upside down. The the um. Northman 
was a classic. It was a classic. I loved it. I smoked it. I fucked it. Yeah. It was just amazing. And I hope to see it again. And to my amazing, wonderful family who um, is just getting ready. I mean, we, we all want to see it together. My cousins and all that. And um, Yeah. I mean, how can you not? How can you not? And to my friends who said, what is this, like, Eric the Northman uh, a prequel? Well, this Northman isn't a vampire, although he does growl like one and grit his teeth and get on all fours and wear furs. Well, and he does at some point drink blood. And he just kind of bite someone up and... I mean, yeah, it's not true blood, though. It's not. It's not true blood. It's the North Man. That's like saying, is it live or is it Memorex? Is it true blood or is it the North Man? Is it Eric the North Man or is it a North Man? Hamlet. That's his name in the movie. That's his name. Well, turn that around and you've got Hamlet. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I could teach a whole class on the North Man. I could hold. I could teach. All, I I'm ready to watch the witch now. At first, I would. I, the witch scared the shit out of me. That goat. I forget the black goat's name. Um, and then and then Anna Anna Taylor Joy. Oh yeah, Queen's Gambit. I want to give a shout out to my friend Zia. Um, Sia, sorry. Uh, I haven't seen her in a while. Um, she loves Queen's Gambit. I know you do. I hope you're still doing your podcast. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I love I loved the Northman. I could just gush about that fucking shit all day. Come on, come on. And you know those very macho men. Some of you are. You're gonna love it too. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of fucking. There's fighting. There's fucking. And there's Nicole Kidman. And you know, for once, she doesn't have a lot of makeup on. And you don't. You can kind of see the Botox, you know, needle marks and all that. But yeah, it's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast on a Friday fucking night. And unpleasant dreams. And thank you to the Northman. Sven!